preached on the Word of God. And you say, well, I can read my Bible by myself. You can, but it sure helps to have a teacher every once in a while. It sure helps to have somebody to motivate you every once in a while. It sure helps to have some accountability every once in a while. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And then notice he says, these false prophets, verse 2, verse, chapter 2, verse 1, there were false prophets among the people, even as there should be false teachers among you who privily should bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, underline that word, bought them, bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. I'll never forget, I was in Bible college 20 years ago, and a man who was teaching, and I'll just throw out the word, I don't have time to elaborate, uh, come, I'll talk with you about it. It's a whole other message. He was talking about Calvinism, replacement theology, covenant theology that teaches the church replaces Israel, etc., etc., and that God predestined some to go to hell and some go to heaven. And he said that Jesus didn't die for the whole world, but just a few. I pointed him out this verse right here where it says, the Lord that bought them. Look at that. False prophets, the Lord bought them. Last part of verse 1 and bring upon themselves swift destruction. It doesn't mean they're going to be saved, but it means this. Jesus died on the cross. He said, I never have seen that before. Well, there it is right there. Hey, look, by what you do, follow me. Verse 2, notice verse 2. And many shall follow. Look at this, the blind leading the blind. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be was spoken of. And through covetousness, Verse 3, shall they with feigned words, empty, hypocritical words, make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not? I hear somebody today right here saying, Preacher, there's a lot of false prophets out there, and I read about it and hear about it in the news. I'm not going to church. I'm just as good as they are. I want to tell you, God's going to judge them, but the Lord is telling us to serve Him now. We can commit those that uh, may be pretenders, and I'm not the judge, but God is. But my responsibility is to love the Lord. Your responsibility is to get ready to meet God as we stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. What you do, what you do, I can tell if you're a prodigal pig or I've been a prodigal pig, I sat in church just like you're doing today. And I went through the motions. I'm telling you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the blind are leading the blind. That's how you can tell if you're a prodigal son. There are some who paint this picture that God is this way and they're telling you these lies and deception and brother and sister in our nation. There's a lot of people that quote Scripture, but the true proof of the pudding is their lifestyle. If your lifestyle doesn't measure up with what you say that you are, you need to check up on your life. You need to check up and say, am I really a prodigal pig? Or am I really a child of God? The blind are leading the blind. I don't know about you, but lately I've been misplacing things. How many of you know that as we're getting a little older, it's easy to lose some things? Just the other day, for example... I came to the church and it dawned on me. I was talking on the phone. It dawned on me. Somehow or another, I'd misplaced my keys. And I got to the church and I didn't have my normal key, but I had a backup key. 
And I said, well, where in the world did I put my keys? Have you ever lost your keys? Can I get anybody to say, I've been forgetful-minded? It's not just me. It's all of us. Come on, talk to me. And so I said, where are my keys? When I got home later uh, that night, I looked in everywhere I could think that I might have left my keys. I went to the bedroom. I went to my car. I looked under the seat of the car. I thought maybe it had fallen out of my pocket. I looked in the carport. I traced back everywhere I went prior to coming here. And you know what? It finally dawned on me. I walked over to the trash can. I said, it can't be. It can't be. I looked in the trash can. I said, well, I don't know. I looked in the trash can. I started digging through the trash can. And guess what I saw? A shiny pair of keys in the trash can. Evidently, it had fallen out of my pocket, and for some reason, I didn't hear it. But I reached down in that trash can with all that muck and stench and garbage and reached down, down, almost into the bottom of it, and I pulled up those keys and said, Hallelujah, I found my keys. The Lord spoke to my heart at that moment and said, Son, that was just the way you were. You you were down in the trash can of sin. But I reached down my long arm of grace and my unconditional love and I pulled you up. I came looking for you. You weren't looking for me. You were messed up. You were mixed up. You were confused. You didn't have any direction in life. You thought you did, but you were headed to a devil's hell. And I reached down in the trash can of life and brought you up out of the miry clay and planted your feet on a solid rock and I gave you joy and peace and gave you a home in heaven and inscribed your name in the Lamb's book of life and now you're a trophy of my grace. I've got a plan for your life and you owe me everything. Yes, yes, yes. Are the blind leading the blind? Who are you following today? You say, I'm following the Bible. You can be deceived on what you think the Bible says. Unless you are walking with God, there is going to be some deception that's going to play in the factor. Oh, if there's unconfessed sin in our life, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. We've got this idea that everybody's right with God and everybody's got a handle on God and everybody's a Christian and particularly around us. It's just not so. It's just not so. And then Peter says, not only the blind leading the blind, but he said this. He said that that with a slick tongue, that slick tongue, have you ever talked or heard somebody, rather, have you heard somebody quote the Bible? Listen to me. Y'all look at me just a moment. You You can just about make the Bible say anything you want it to say. You can, and that's why they're deceivers. That's why they're false teachers. And some of us are sitting there watching that stuff day after day after day, not realizing there's lies, there's deception, there's misleading truth that uh, many, even in our family, they may not be on television, they may be our family and say, but God says this, and I've heard about this, and a folktale says this and that. And that's why I'm saying, hey, look, we can turn to be a prodigal pig. How? Number one, by what we do. There's a second way, a second sign to see if we're a prodigal pig or not. And it's this. It's not only identifying false teachers. Can you all see the false teacher in this group? you got to look close now. you really got to look close now. Can you see the false teacher in this group of sheep? 
You probably can't right at first, can you? But if you look carefully, you'll find out there's a wolf right in the midst of all of these sheep. And that's the way it is in our old culture right now. There's false teachers right in the middle of the sheep and false teachers all across this land and across the world. And it takes a very discerning person who has heard the truth and knows the truth and walking the truth. And all the time it may not be me or you, but it takes God to reveal the false teachers as a second Sign that you and I can tell if we are a prodigal pig, number two, by not only what we do, but what, how we feel, how we feel. I want you to turn to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Look at verse 4 through 9. Verse 4 through 9. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, he spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, the word hell there is Tartarus. The word Tartarus is a different word, by the way. In other passages, the word hell is used in the New Testament. The Greek language Tartarus is a different word than Gehenna or Hades. Tartarus is that confined place of judgment. And God says here through Peter, God spared not the angels that sinned. Look at this. But he cast them down to hell, verse 4, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved of the judgment. I don't have time to go into all the detail. I can give you my personal opinion based on other uh, interpretations of this passage. I personally believe this is a reference to the angels, the sons of God that knew the daughters of men. They cohabitated. They had sexual intercourse with the daughters of men described in the book of Genesis chapter 6, described in the book of Jude verse 6 and 7. And yet God confined them to this place called Tartarus. There's other views about that passage in Genesis 6. As I said, that's another message for another time. But I'll say this, that that seems to be what Peter is referencing these angels that sin not only with Lucifer but others as well look at verse 5 and God spared not the old world but saved Noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemned them with an overthrow making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly please note verse 7 and 8 Here's how you can tell if you're a pig or not, a prodigal pig or a child of the living God. Look at verse 7. I would not have known Lot was a just man, but Peter says, and delivered, God delivered, rescued just Lot. The word just there is Dikaios. It means righteous Lot. Wait a minute. Are you sure Lot was righteous? Listen. He delivered just Lot. Notice the next word. What's the next word? Vexed. With filthy conversation. Notice the next word. Vexed. He was vexed. I want you to underline that word vexed because we'll come back to it. He was vexed with the filthy conversation. The word conversation, lifestyle. He was vexed. The word vexed there means worn down. It means tired. He was exhausted. Watch this. Verse 8. For the righteous man dwelling. The word dwelling means living among them and seeing and hearing. He saw their lifestyle. He heard their words. And he, notice, he says, seeing there and hearing, he was vexed. There's a second word for vexed there. It's a different word, by the way, than the word vexed in verse 7. He's, he was vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The second word for vexed, and this is just a prime example of what I'm talking about, about word studies, etymology. Unless you look this up and study it, you think, well, Bob, that's the same thing. It's not the same thing. And the second word for vexed means tormented. He was tormented. He was vexed. 
Verse first vexed, he was worn down. He was tired. He was exhausted. I'm going to preach to somebody in a moment here. Look at verse 9. And the Lord knoweth how to deliver, hallelujah, the ungodly out of temptation and temptations and reserve to keep the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Can I tell you this? Here's what I want you to remember. You can tell if you're a particle pig. How? By what you do. Number two, by how you feel. The Bible says here, Peter says that Lot was a righteous man. Lot was a believer in the true, the living God. I wouldn't have believed that. I wouldn't have known that. Had I not have read it. Why? Because in the book of Genesis chapter number 19 and then uh, chapter 13 and other passages, Lot was at a crisis and Abraham said, you're going to go there, you're going to go here. Lot saw the watered land and by the way, everything that glitters is not gold and all the devil's apples have worms in them. Lot said, I'll take this. Next thing you know, chapter 19, Lot sit in the middle of a wicked place called Sodom. And the Bible says, uh, Moses wrote and said, he sat in the gate. He sat in the gate. He was mixing and mingling with the people. And I want to tell you, the Bible teaches here, Peter said that his soul was vexed from day to day. I want to tell you something. If you can live in this whole world and your soul is not vexed, there's something wrong. This world is not a friend of grace. And this world is not on the same page as God is. We're to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. For greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And if you can live in this whole world and like the things of the world, I'm telling you, if it doesn't wear you down, there's something wrong. Every child of God, every blood-washed child of God would have to say, man, I can hardly stand it. You turn on the television. You turn on this. You got to, uh, the culture. You go to restaurants. And there is, uh, there's this mockery of God. And they're slandering of the things of God. And it's funny. People laugh at making fun of God. And Christians. And if that doesn't wear you down, if that doesn't exhaust you, if that doesn't make you tired there's something wrong with you if you can blend in with the world and you can uh, 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 camouflage with the crowd that uh, is uh, anti-god there's indication you might be a prodigal pig oh brother i'm telling you it'll wear you down and many of you know what i'm talking about Yes, we're to be salt and light in this dark world. But thank God we're not to join into the old world and the thoughts of the world. John said, love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All oh, this in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of God, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But the he that does the will of God shall abide forever. James, that's First John, by the way, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. James chapter 4 says that friendship with the world is enmity against God. Therefore, whosoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I know that we're to be, again, witnesses in this whole world. But listen, beloved, it's easy to compromise. It's easy to go along to get along. And brother, God is saying to our sister that if you're a real true child of God, it's going to wear you down. you got to have some backbone. God, give us some men of God that will stand up and say, as for me and my house, 
we're going to serve the Lord. Not a self-righteous, uh, know-it-all, judgmental Pharisee, but a humble man of God and a woman of God. I've said it before, I want to say it again. Any old dead fish can swim or float down the current. It takes a live fish to swim against the current. Are there any Christians in here today have been lowering your compromise and your conviction because you're afraid, you're, you're, uh, you're, don't have backbone to stand up and do right. Oh, God's saying, hold the line, soldier. Hold the line. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep giving out. And I'm preaching to some men today and women today that if you don't uh, feel vexed and worn down if you can join in the lost crowd and laugh and carry on like they do you just might be a prodigal pig I didn't say it God said it I'm telling you oh God strengthen our hands yes Lord help us to live I, hey look it doesn't matter what I think it doesn't matter what I say what matters what here what this says I'm telling you, God's telling us today there are many just like the dog that throws up and vomits and goes back and licks the vomit and the sow. She's been washed a pig. they got to go back to the hog pen. Why? That's their nature. They had not been changed. I'm convinced there's many people sitting in church today, right now, just like I did. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to sit there and agree with everything the preacher's saying. But when you leave, you don't have a heart change. You can continue to do the same things you used to do without conviction, without chastisement. And God's saying, you are a prodigal pig. You need a heart change. And praise the Lord, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hey, y'all, listen, listen. I'm not talking about perfection here. But I'm telling you this, if the Holy Ghost of God is living in you and me, there's going to be some agitation in our heart when we see things that dishonor God. If you can't have a little bit of agitation in your heart, you might be a prodigal pig. I had a pastor friend of mine call me this week. And he said, Brother Randy, he said, I can't believe the half-time festivities of the Super Bowl. I said, really? And uh, he said, yeah, did you, did you see it? I said, no, I didn't see it. I'm not trying to paint myself up as somebody who's a know-it-all or better than thou. But I told him, I said, look, you ought to expect stuff like this from the world. I can't hear you. Boy, that hurt, that convicted. But so be it. The world wants... The world wants to be churchy, churchy. And the church wants to be worldly. Brother, we're different than the world. It's high time we start saying these false teachers. That's the real danger today with the millennial generation, generation X, generation Z. Everything goes. No convictions. God just understands all this stuff. Look, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I saw the ad. I'm not saying if you watched it, you're, you know, whatever, whatever. You be the judge of that. We had church last Sunday night. But, but so be it. But I'm just telling you this. The world's doing what, they're supposed, what they think is right. When did we think that the world's going to turn churchy? I know that we're, and one man I read where he said, he said his daughters were sitting there watching television and the halftime this lady swinging on a pole and, 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 and he said, I was embarrassed. 
Yeah, I understand entertainment, but our entertainment has gotten so low in this world that if we're going to say we're going to compromise, then that's what we can expect from the world. Now, if it doesn't bother you, you might be a prodigal pig. I understand men are men, and I understand, uh, you know, I understand. I understand I'm a man. I understand. But you see, have we gotten so used to the dark that we've just compromised here and it just doesn't bother us anymore. We we just don't say anything anymore. It's just the norm. God, give us some grace today to see that He hadn't changed. His Word hadn't changed. I'm not being extreme here. I'm not trying. I pray, dear God, help me not to be a judgmental preacher. Help me not to be a a know-it-all. God, I'm right there where you're at, beloved. I'm right there where you're at. I'm fighting it tooth and nail every day. Yes, and you are too. Doesn't it do you some good to know that your soul is vexed just like Lot was? Oh, yes. Tell me, you got in the place where you're not vexed anymore? You can just watch stuff on television, YouTube, movies, books, things years ago you wouldn't dare compromise. But you've just kind of slipped a little bit. Maybe you are a Christian. Maybe you're not a prodigal pig. But maybe today you're not in real fellowship with God and you've just kind of drifted a little bit and you're playing games when we come to church and Sunday school and shaking everybody's hand and making, I love you no matter what. Y'all listen to me. I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you no matter what. And I hope you'll love me no matter what. I'm right where you're at. My responsibility is to urge you and pray for you and encourage you. Hey, we're in this fight together. It'd be a lot easier for me, it'd be a lot easier on me just to pick out something real simple and lovey-dovey this morning instead of something like this. It'd be easy for me just to avoid talking about false professors. Why? Because I know it's going to stir up some people. Some people are going to get mad when I preach this. Hey, i got to obey God rather than men. Listen to me. I love you, but I love God more. And I'll stand before the Lord one day, and, so, and, and I hope it's coming across in a loving way. I need somebody to love me enough. I need somebody to speak into my life and show me, man, brother, you are slipping. Brother, your thinking is wrong. You've been misled. Oh, yes, you can tell if you're a prodigal pig by not only what you do, number two, by how you feel. How you feel. Now, we're to be, again, witnesses. Yeah, we're in the world, but not of the world. There's Lot. He's down there in the world. Oh, yes. And Peter said his soul was vexed not only by their walk and their talk. Question. Does it, do you ever cringe or it ever bother you when God's name is used in vain? If it don't, we need to get with God today. Say, Lord, I've become so callous to mockery toward you that, that I, Lord, I, 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 I don't want to be a Pharisee, but I want to have sensitivity to have your blessings on my life and to be walking in fellowship with you. There's some of us today that need to get to the altar. There's some of us today that uh, our children are slipping and slipping and, and this younger generation, you know, I think uh, personally that our children, if we don't get our grandchildren, a lot of our children are begin to compromise And uh, we're in a battle. And if we don't get right with God and hold the line, we're in trouble as families. And you can see this all across our land. It's a subtle thing. It's a subtle compromise. It's a fog that's come in. And it just kind of clouds our vision. Yes. 
where you're at. If you, number three, if we can do what we do, don't bother us. How we feel, we're not vexed by it anymore. I just want to say something too, beloved, and I'm not trying to be uh, sarcastic or, or legalistic. Y'all know my heart. I say this a lot. But as a church, the Lord's put it in our heart to equip the saints. And uh, so the table's going to be set Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. What I'm trying to say is this, and I know there's providence you hindered, and many, some have to work, and some this, that, and the other. Maybe not in all the cases. But there's really no reason or excuse to not know the Word of God with all the opportunities we have right here as a church. And, and, and I tell you, all it takes for me, I don't know about you, but all it takes from me is to compromise a little bit and think that, well, I've got it, I've arrived, I've been a Christian this long. Man, I've been preaching almost 40 years. You know, sure, uh, you know, I can just, I can do what i got to do, and, and that's a dangerous state, so I love you, but i got to tell you this. Hey, look, if we can go where we go, not only what we do and how we feel, but where we go. Look at chapter 2, verse 20 through 22, and I'm done. Chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. For if after they, by the way, he's talking about the false teachers of Balaam and the, the donkey speaking and so forth, and he says in verse 20, mainly about false teachers. Now, he's not just talking about people on television. He's talking about people in church. He's talking about people that can slip in church and get influence, and then next thing you know, they start uh, saying this or teaching this or whatever. It, it doesn't take somebody uh, out on television, hey? And, and, and by the way, uh, look at verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge, through the knowledge, the word knowledge is epigenosin. And God is saying to us here, Peter is clearly articulating, this is how you can tell a false teacher. This is what they'll do. This is where they'll go. All right? Keep reading. And he said, uh, if after they've escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled, therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Here, let me explain, and then I'll move to verse 21, 22. People can sit in church. They look just like I do or you do or whoever else does. I did it, brother. I know what I'm talking about. But not real a heart change. Not really a surrendering to Jesus Christ. Take over. I'm sorry for my sin. They'll get happy. They'll sing a few songs. They'll sit in church for a little while. Where did so-and-so go? You hadn't heard? Nope. Where did so-and-so go? Man, they were coming to church for a while. What happened to them? I'll tell you what happened to many of them. They didn't get the heart right with God. They just sat in church and they, got, they were so socialistically minded with socializing, they didn't listen to God. They didn't repent. They didn't get their heart right with God. It was just an outward profession but no inward possession. Hey, that's a danger for every one of us today. A danger. And then somebody says, well, man, I can't figure it out. They seemed like they were really going good for God. Yeah, on the outside, but the inside, it wasn't changed. We got to have a heart transplant by where we go, by where we go. Now, listen. Look at verse 21 and 22. Verse 21 and 22. And, uh, and my prepared desire is for you to let's get it right with God today. Let's get it right with God today. Verse 21. For it had better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after, verse 21, they have known it and turned from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Verse 22. 
But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I've watched my dog, I've watched my dog throw up. Then I watched her go over there and lick it. And I say, what in the world are you doing, Sadie? Don't lick that up. You ever seen a hog that was washed? I can hear, I can hear this right now. I can hear Jesus telling about the prodigal son. He was alienated from the father. He wanted his money. He was out of there. He was rebellious. And he made his way over, pocket full of money. He went down to the hog pen from alienation to degradation. And he spent all that he had with righteous living. That means loose living. He thought he had the tiger by the tail. The world tells us that's what we got to do in order to be happy. Wine, women, wealth, man. And all these movie stars, watch this, that sleep from one partner to another. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. And, and, and then, and then, and then, and then uh, Jesus says about that uh, old boy, down in the hog pen, he says, man, I'm sick and tired of this stench and this slop. I can see him as he throws down his bucket. I'm out of here, man. I'm out of here. I don't want this to live like this anymore. My father's got a table set for me. Oh, yes, he does. My father, he, he, I wasn't meant to live in this stench of the mud. I was meant to be at my father's table. I'm going back home. And God's calling some of us to come back home today. Oh, yes. Where's the far country? One step away from God. Just one step away from God. You can preach and be one step away from God. You can teach Sunday school and be one step away from God. You can sing and be one step away from God. I'm telling you, it don't take much to sing in this old world I can hear that old boy say I'm heading back home and he arose and when he's a great way off his father saw him here's a picture of the father I love it one of my favorite passages in all the scripture he rose and his father met him and kissed him oh bless the Lord and said quick bring forth the best robe he said I've sinned against heaven before thee I'm no more worthy to be called son. quick bring forth the best robe put a ring on his hand shoes on his feet that's what the father's going to do for you and me today if we'll come back home come back to the father God says come back home today come back home today wait a minute the prodigal pig where does the pig come in I've never thought of this and I'm adding my own personal opinion and sanctified imagination right here but there's some truth in what I'm fixing to say I can hear that old pig say man I'm tired of this slop too Man, I'm, I'm this. I think I, I'm tired of this old hog pen too. Can I go with you? The old prodigal boy says, Yeah, come on. Come on to my father's house. He'll feed you the best thing. You don't have to worry about being here anymore. And there they go to the father's house. The old hog, the pig, the prodigal pig gets to the father's house. And they say, Well, you want to stay here? Okay. We're going to give you a good bath, first of all. We're going to wash you with good, the best soap we can find, shampoo. Oh, we're going to put you in the bathtub, wash you up. Hey, you got a little pink ribbon? Let's put that little pink ribbon on that little baby, uh, on that little old pigtail. By the way, we're going to sit you up at the table. Here's a seat for you at the table. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to feed you with a silver spoon right at the table. And then you know what? We're going to make you a little bed. You don't have to worry about that hog pen anymore. The old pig's saying, man, I like this. I got me a little old bed right over there. But something happens. 
That old pig's heart's not changed, and the pig gets a thinking day after day, week after week. You know what? I kind of miss that hog pen. I kind of miss uh, in the mud. I, I kind of like the mud easing through my, uh, my hooves. I, I kind of like wallowing in that mud in the sun. Yeah, I, I could hear those other hogs grunting. I, I miss the hog pen. I think I'm going to go back to the hog pen. There goes that prodigal pig back to the hog pen. Why? Because his nature wasn't changed. Going back to the mud. Going back to that uh, dirty living. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today that the reason you can't live right and godly in Christ Jesus is because your heart hadn't really been changed. Maybe you need a real good heart change. That's why people head back to the hog pen. They hadn't really got right with God. They're playing games with God. Oh, yes. But the Lord said, if you get right with me, I'll change your heart. I'm telling you, there's some prodigal pigs like I was sitting in the church this morning, and you know who you are. You really need to yield and surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord. I love you, but brother, I've got to tell you the truth. Don't return to those destructive habits. What in the world makes somebody go back and live in the hog pen? I'll tell you, they're a prodigal pig. What about it, brother? How many of you know today somebody in your family, they claim to be a Christian, they're living like the devil. How many in our families today? How many in our neighborhoods today? How many in our community today need a heart change? And today, if you are really a Christian, and you're not burdened for your family, you're slipping from God. God's given us His heart to love, to pray, to restore. I believe God's calling us today. You know He is. Let's stand to our feet, can we?